Hey everyone, welcome to Project Rusty, the show where we take a break from playing video games to play with the news. I'm Robert and I'm joined here by Austin. What's up? And our guest this week, Brennan. Yo. And you know what it is we do here every week. We come together and we talk about the weird random shenanigans that happens in the games industry. And I want to toss the ball at Brennan first. What do you got? Did you guys know that Hideo Kojima says his studio will make films in the future? I mean, doesn't he already do that? That's what <laughs> I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Metal Gear Solid 4 is an eight hour long film with four hours of gameplay. Really? Like, wait, wait, really? I mean, I, kind I, of. I mean, I of. thought it was even longer than that, if I'm being honest with you. I think if you like go to YouTube, you know, there are those people on YouTube that make like, you know, the video game movies and they just chain together all the cutscenes. Yeah, that's how Pretty I played sh- Catherine. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, not played, but watched. Yeah, pretty sure the Metal Gear Solid 4 one is like eight to nine hours. Hmm. of Just straight up cutscene. Damn. You know, I know that there was a lot more gameplay in Metal Gear Solid 5, but I wonder how much uh, cutscene content is in that one as opposed to 4. They did the exact opposite, actually. I think there's like only a handful of cutscenes in Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah. Like yeah, there's like, few. there's not that many. And even, and even when there are cutscenes, there's like no dialogue. There's a lot of like silence in between every line. So like there's even no dialogue within said cutscenes. It's just, it doesn't really play out like a movie at all. Mm-mm. So what you're saying is there's no point in watching them. Not the fifth one. <laughs> Maybe you the know, other ones. Definitely. Well, the- I have to agree. I, I was going to say it's the the only Metal Gear Solid I played was five and I had no clue what was going on, but I did have a fun time. Very I mean, much same. Yeah, to be fair, even if you have played all the Metal Gears, no one really knows what's happening in five. I mean, there is a story to explain it would be ludicrous and to understand it would be even harder because it's not finished and it never will be finished because of Konami and Kojima and all that ish. Uh. I would say the best Metal Gear is probably three. So if Kojima does make movies and it's along the same veins of what the work he's done in Metal Gear Solid three, I'd be very interested to see where that goes. Oh, my God. He should direct the next Bond film. Oh, that would be perfect for him. That would be so good. Oh, man. I'm I'm in starring David Hayter. Oh, I'm done. It's over. It's over. And Norman Reedus. Oh my god. Norman Reedus is the bad guy. Done. There we go. I just made your whole movie, Kojima. There you go. So I guess you're excited for Death Stranding, aren't you? Uh, just a little, but just a little. I, just a little only because like I feel like I we've been we've been reading these reviews and it's kind of falling in line with that whole like people loved it and or hated it sort of thing and it's definitely one yeah. of those things where like I feel personally I really feel like I need my hands on the controller to have a personal opinion, but it just it sounds like the Gran Turismo of walking simulators. That's what Tim Rogers said on his Kotaku review today. Ew, I love Tim Rogers. Rogers. But yeah, uh, cool. shameless plug to Tim. But um, I don't know. But I wish I did. Did you know that he's 40? I did yeah. not, dude. I had no idea. How does know. he do that? Like that, that man is in a wild life. Like, he looks like he looks like he could be 16. 
That man's literally sold me Dragon Quest XI. I think I've watched mm. that review maybe like three times now. God, I, I still remember his uh, Forza Horizon 4 review. It's really good. Very, very, very fun to watch. But to bring it back to Kojima, I think it's something he, like making movies is something he's always wanted to do, to my understanding. Because, I mean, have you seen any of his work? It's very inspired by films like fucking yeah. Metal like, Gear. Um, Solid Snake is based on Snake Plissken from Escape from New York. Escape mm-hmm. from New York. Yeah, thank you. I was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. yeah. I still haven't yeah, seen it. Yeah, I'm sure it was. It was, man. <laughs> I mean, it's to the me. point where when Snake adopted a like a pseudo alias in Metal Gear Solid 2, his alias was Iroquois Plissken. Like literally stealing the last name from his namesake. And it's like, ugh. It's so on the nose. I just you know kojima is not gonna be successful in film i will say that he has a following but it's not enough to like like i would not expect any big theater releases or anything like that in fact i think it's kind of a mistake to do what he to i guess do films in the future really it's 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 a whole nother beast entirely and It's even different than making video games that are like movies, I would say. I think it's too soon to say because what Kojima brings to the table with video games is definitely weird. You know, it's um, it's stuff that kind of makes you question the boundaries a video game can have. And I'd le- I'd love to see how he applies that to a film. Yeah, well, you know. If he can pull it off, then that's good. I just don't know. Mm. I would see it. I would. I would buy. I would pre-order tickets just because. <laughs> no pre-order. If you pre-order <laughs> tickets, you'll get the season pass where you can watch the movie every weekend <laughs> after that for free. Hey, you're onto something. Damn. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, don't give him any ideas. Don't give him any ideas. For sure. Uh, I wanna. I wanna throw a story out there for y'all. Um. We, you know, we love to talk about Anthem. I think that's maybe the safest way to say it. Oh, dear Lord. Show. Oh, my God. And considering the uh, recent tease about Dragon Age 4, which I'm pretty sure is going to get brought up in this discussion anyway, I think just Bioware is in the news again, as it always is. And this time around, uh, a Mr. Chad Robertson, the head of live service at Bioware, who's been there for 14 years, mind you, has just left. I mean, what the hell is a head of live service? (laughs) Yeah, that's really not a great name. But if your live service game has lost its head of live service, that's not great. I mean, normally the captain is supposed to go down with the ship. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that's the point I'm trying to make here, Austin. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. he didn't go down. He he abandoned it. He should have sought through to its bitter end. Well, I think Although... Anthem ended. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, like, I feel like I almost feel like this is like long overdue. Not him leaving, but just like the game being dead, you know? Like someone definitely needed to leave for it to solidify it, but damn, 
That's yeah. uh, what else are they going to do at this point? With you know, without without some kind of roadmap. There is no roadmap. There's nothing. I don't even know why I'm trying to fix this game. Did you guys see this Hard Times article? I think um, it was like last 12 Anthem players enjoy the Halloween update or something. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was... It's pretty accurate, I feel. I I don't even know why they bothered to do a seasonal update. But the, the frame I wanted us to consider this story in is that it's it's very worrisome for Dragon Age 4, right? Because when like that game is going to make or break the studio, I think we've that's kind of been the narrative for what feels like years now. And if it's bleeding people like this, because this isn't the first time someone's left Bioware in the past year, right? If it continues to bleed people, that's like that's not great for your bottom line and for the the encouragement that we can feel toward what the final product can be you know honestly after 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 dragon age 2 i've kind of been off of this whole boat after mass effect 2 i kind of dropped my boat it seems like wait are you (laughs) saying that mass effect 2 is bad no, no, no! I'm saying after Mass Effect too. Okay, like that's fair. Bef- before Ma- I played a little bit of three, and it just didn't quite hook me like the first two did. And same with Inquisition. I wasn't really a fan of Inquisition. I wasn't really a fan of two, but the first one was was pretty great. I feel like all they have to do in this case, and and I don't know, is just kind of go back to harken back to the original. Like I feel like. I want to say that this whole live service thing, I want to believe that this wouldn't really impact Dragon Age because the person that I want Dragon Age, the person I am that wants Dragon Age to be like this single player fantasy RPG like the first one was, right? Yeah. So like, I don't I want to say that it won't really impact it too much, but knowing them, it, it probably shattered everything and they're probably like, freaking out right now or to some degree i mean you can't just have some guy who's been there for 14 years just pick up and leave without people not being like all right well what do we do now (laughs) yeah um look i i was a blind bioware fanboy for quite a while but at this point i have no i have little interest in dragon age 4 right now which is sad because you know, I I enjoyed Inquisition despite its flaws. Although I'm sure if I went back and played it again, I would think differently. And after the fiasco that is Anthem and Mass Effect Andromeda, Bioware is it really means nothing to me anymore. And see, it's so sad because Bioware, like, we're okay, so. A lot of, I would say, Bioware's recent decisions in its games comes from the industry itself changing, right? Like, we got a ton of open world games, so let's make uh, Mass Effect, Andromeda, and Dragon Age Inquisition a little, like, bigger worlds, more stuff to find, side quests everywhere, stuff to explore, right? Uh, Anthem became a Destiny clone that was... I mean, really badly done. I think it's unfair to Destiny to call it a Destiny clone. 
you're you're right. It's better than Destiny. You're right. Yeah. Thing. God, oh, I'm kidding. Oof. No, I'm kidding. Destiny's a fine game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Anthem exists the way it does today because Destiny became so popular, right? I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Um. So basically, what we've seen in Bioware in the past five, ten years, pretty much since Mass Effect Three, is a Bioware that chases after trends rather than setting its own right which is a shame because i mean we all know their storied history right like going back to uh kotor going back to the original mass effect trilogy and og dragon age you know what i mean they've made some great titles yeah for real like austin i was i was a blind fanboy for a while too right and in recent years or actually just very recently right we just got the Outer Worlds, which is single player, no life service, no multiplayer, no microtransactions, no economy. It's just a single player RPG done well. That's it, right? Like with six companions and a big quest. It was basically Mass Effect in a Fallout skin. Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that proved very successful. Good reviews across the board. I'm very curious to see how much it's sold. But my point is that game, the Outer Worlds existing proves that single player story driven RPGs can be successful in today's economy. You know, I think that whole narrative where they're not viable was just made up by those companies that focused on multiplayer games. Yeah. In order for people to believe that, you know, single player games are a thing of the past. It was never the case. It was it's like, uh, I mean, single player games are always going to be popular. It's like EA, you know, slowly killing off IPs like um, Dead Space, uh, like Dead Space. Yeah, yeah, like Mass Effect, you know, stuff like that. And, and, and that's why this new Star Wars game, I feel like to be kind of off topic, I want the Star Wars game to do really well to, again, prove that single player games made by ea are viable which is a weird sentence especially when you throw in a star wars in that sentence it's Mm -hmm. it's hard to hard to swallow but i hope that that i hope that they prove themselves wrong here um and going back to what you said yeah i just want bioware to do some just go back to the roots man i feel like that's like that's not really asking much yeah, and, and that's that's kind of the whole point of this, right? Is that if EA if if we find that Jedi Fallen Order becomes successful and it's reviewed pretty well, which I'm getting the sense that it might be because a lot of the previews I'm reading are praising it, even though it's a little bit like it's generic, but it's good generic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um hey, so it's hoping, Star Wars. Yeah, it's Star Wars. So you got the whoosh whoosh <laughs> sounds. Um so it, it could perform well. And I hope it does perform well. I'd, I'd hope that for any new game that comes out. And if it does do well, I think it could signal boost the EA like, hey, maybe don't don't force Bioware to put live services in its next game. Just like test that out. It hasn't worked for you in the past three or four titles. Just test it out this time. No for real, dude. For real. Like, and that's and that's something that between the three of us and however many of us like that should be so simple. But to them, it's just, I feel like it's just the bottom dollar. Like, they just need to see the Star Wars game not bomb for them to, for, and that, mm-hmm. that alone needs to be the signal rather than 
them actually taking a look and seeing like what people want and then just saying, oh, people want live service games. Let's just dump a hell of a money into that and then watch it crumble years later. Yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing, though, right, about capitalism is that even if the Star Wars game does well, I'm willing to bet there's still some executives up in EA that are going to be like, I mean, sure, it sold well, but like it could have sold better and made us more money than had microtransactions, yeah. you know? That's very fair. And it's like, oh, that's so shit. Like, it, it's really hard to like the business side of the industry sometimes because it's just so gross. Like you? Yeah, like me. Got, Got him. Like, look, I'm just saying, guys, can you imagine? Can I paint a picture that'll make you hate that it will never actually exist? Dragon Age 4 does well. Bioware is saved. And then EA renews their contract with Disney to have the Star Wars name. And they're like, cool, Bioware, you did a good thing. As a reward, make us KOTOR 3. Yeah. Here's the Star Wars license. (laughs) You just just made me cry a little bit. I like that. Cry a little I bit. That's, that. that's beautiful, and that's a dream. And that's, that it's never, never gonna happen. happen. <laughs> It'll literally <laughs> never happen. Oh my god! I hope we eat our words here, but goddamn. I mean, look, Obsidian is still around. Yeah, they're a Microsoft venture now. Yeah, I know. I cry. I'm, I'm excited about that because now they have that. They have that Phil Spencer money. Mm. Everyone yeah. gets yeah. everyone gets Phil their own Spencer blazer money because it's Phil Spencer that's funding them, not one of the richest he, companies he, in the world. Microsoft. He writes them a personal check every week. Could <laughs> just said Microsoft money. That would have been even more powerful. Yeah, man. The Xbox brand is all about Phil Spencer now. Him and his blazers. Yep. I'm all right with that. Same. Hey, Austin. What have you brought to the table this week? So we like shitting on shitty games. And of course, I'm going to talk about Fallout 76 again. Because Sweet why not? baby. Yeah. I mean, this is the podcast of shitty games, I guess. Guys, so, come on. Um, <laughs> something actually came out of uh, lawsuits that were uh, against Fallout 76 for being such a shit game. Uh, this time in Australia, where... Um, they're requiring Zenimax to offer refunds to Australian owners of Fallout 76. You know my Lots. favorite part about that story? It's not just that they have to refund it, but the government also required them to admit that they sold a faulty product, which is why. So it's basically like a parent forcing their kid to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> and then the kid just says, I'm sorry. And the parent says, for what? even if it might not have i mean it happened in this case but yeah yeah so it's it's like it's not just that there are refunds now but it's also that in legal writing in legally (laughs) obtained documents (laughs) zenimax has admitted fault that yes fallout 76 is a product so bad that it is worth refunding yeah that that is horrible that's my favorite thing about the whole story. <laughs> terrible. Oh my god. Yeah. It makes you wonder though, like, yeah, it's a terrible game, but like, why did they decide to pick on Fallout 76 when there are plenty of other high-profile bad games that have come out? You know? I, mean, I wonder yes. if this sets a precedent. 
I don't know, man. I'd argue Fallout 76 might be like king of the worst thing to happen to AAA gaming in a while. I think that's hyperbolic, but, you know, uh, I it is pretty shit. I have to admit, I mean, subjected myself to it in terms of like consumer practice. I think it's like actually objectively worse than anything that's ever come out. Like well, Anthem sure is. Now. Definitely now with the yeah, Fallout I, first thing, 100% yeah. I'm back with that. Definitely. For me. Right. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But then even over the past year, you know, they were like, oh, don't worry, guys. The Atomic Shop is only cosmetics. And then a couple months later, don't worry, guys. It's only cosmetics and also like repair kits so you can repair your stuff. <laughs> you can pay to pay to repair your stuff. Oh, and also a few months later, we're going to add scrap kits so you can you can scrap your stuff if you pay us money oh also we're gonna add a refrigerator so your food lasts longer and also a bot that collects scrap <laughs> for you but you have to pay real money for it but it's only all cosmetic guys except for some of that stuff like it, it's so bad you know i um i saw this post on games reddit actually at the time of this recording about an hour ago um if i'm reading it right bethesda is expanding Fallout first, and they'll they would theoretically because apparently they decide not to do this. There would be exclusive microtransactions for Fallout first members. Mm. Yep. Oh, which oh, which oh is like God. Satan incarnate. But um, apparently, the video maker said it looks like. Bethesda has a reversed the decision. Um, oh, I would something like so. that. <laughs> I, I don't really know what the <laughs> issue is, but all I'm saying is it sounds like something they would do at this point, and uh, I don't know who in their right mind would think that that's a good idea. I mean, like, even in just pure business sense, like, if you if you take away anything that's about video games, right, and just... You just bad. focus... Yeah, I mean, EA bad, sure. But if you <laughs> if you focus on just like pure business productivity and ROI bottom line aspect, right? Pissing off your customers is almost never a good thing to do, especially on Moss. And then on top of that, saying, hey, we know that there are only a few of you left pick playing this game. Can you pay us more money to play it more, to play it better? We'll give you more features if you pay us more money. And the features really suck. Half of them are broken and don't actually work. And they should have kind of been in the game in the first place. Not that they would have saved anything, but you know. And the one feature that you do want, we're delaying it until after this whole subscription thing. So pay up. Yeah. Like, what? What? Like, this just reeks of really bad. Dis- it's it's kind of it kind of comes off as the business people said, hey, make this game, right? Make Fallout 76. And then it clearly bombed. But that the people in charge are like so adamant that they're right, that they're like, keep making these decisions. Eventually, people will turn around and join the Fallout 76 boat. But these decisions just get worse and worse and worse. And every patch breaks the game more and more. <laughs> <laughs> like there has to be there has to be somebody buying this shit right like oh well yeah like my thought is they might not have a lot of players but the players that do like have a lot of money or something and they're just trying to milk the people that still you pretty much 
and they're just trying to milk who's ever who's ever left. Yeah, I could see that because only people I mm, I you know, I I don't know who would even want to stick around for this, but I guess if you've stuck around so far, then you're willing to spend money at this point. I don't know why. And the weirdest thing too is is that I feel like the Wastelander update would have been an ideal PR piece for them. And I know that sounds horrible. Like what could they possibly do to fix any of this? But the Wastelander update, having NPCs, like I feel like that was some kind of that should have been something to be like, hey, you know, this game isn't really so bad. But I mean now- they announced that E3, right? Right. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I snoozed through the whole damn thing. But like that was something that I was like, okay, cool. Maybe people that drop the game would look at that and go, all right, maybe I'll try that. But now they have to deal with a paywall almost immediately, splitting that player base. Like as soon as that update comes out, most people that are in that camp that want to try it, they are already at a disadvantage because there's a paywall. There's uh, this player base is already split, and you're already screwed. Yeah, What's there's the a literal like? video game class war going on. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, is, that is absurd, man. The the subscribers call the the peasants. They call them one peasants, but they also call them seventy sixers. And it's like, okay, hold on. This class war got to the point where you're naming other <laughs> groups of people. Y'all need to like. <laughs> it's it's such a bad game. Like if this happened in WoW, I'd be like, yeah, of course it happens in WoW. There's enough yeah. stakes there where people give a shit. But this is Fallout seventy six, man. <laughs> I mean, look, there's always a. a well, I guess there's a race war in WoW. Like, Alliance hate the Horde and Horde hate the Alliance. I know yeah. I hate the Alliance. Right, but I mean, that's like programmed into the game. I mean, like, if there was, like, legit just two like two groups of people on a server that hate each other for one reason or another, it's like, that's believable to me <laughs> in WoW because people have met each other through WoW and got married to each other through WoW. So I'm like, sure, real human experiences and relationships can exist on MMO of that level. But if you were to tell me that there's a class war in Fallout 76, or if someone met someone else through Fallout 76 and they got married, I'd be like, that's weird. I mean, I'm happy for you, but that's weird. <laughs> I mean, at this point, Fallout 76 is like a really shitty MMO, even though they promised that wasn't an MMO. But this subscriber thing further cements the fact that, yeah, it's 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 like basically an MMO now. Yeah. And can we talk about the fact that that Wastelanders update that Brennan mentioned earlier, that definitely would have saved the game. Maybe saved is a strong word, but it would have like it's the only good PR Fallout 76 has gotten even since before it was out. You know what I mean? Like it's the only good thing about the game ever. And they delayed it and they delayed it. (laughs) They delayed it, which sucks. And then a week later, they announced Fallout first. And it's like, really? <laughs> really? They, they just don't want anyone who didn't give a shit about it before to give a shit about it now, clearly. Like I just I just don't understand. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, yeah, again, coming from a pure business sense, wouldn't it make wouldn't it be more realistic to say, hey, let's drop Wastelanders first, because that's like a good thing. People seem to like it. We might even get more people to play Fallout 76 for the first time ever. And then ask them for money. Exactly. You know? Great idea. <laughs> exactly. Nothing would go wrong. Somehow someone dropped the ball and they got it reversed. It's not like you go to Olive Garden and you're like, yeah, I'll have the Carbonara. And they're like, okay, sure. And then they come back 10 minutes later. We're going to have to delay the Carbonara, but you need to pay right now. 
I mean, it's, it's Olive Garden, so I wouldn't be surprised. Sure, but like that's not how business works, really. The when you're trading legal U.S. tender like that, there's usually like an exchange of goods and services based on goodwill, and like the consumers need or desire to have the thing you're selling. You know, it's like ugh, this is so bad and awful. And you know, we talk we talk about uh, Bioware not looking like they have a good future. I have way more hope for Dragon Age 4 than I think I do for Starfield. Thank you. Yeah. Honestly. Like if, I don't even know, man. I don't if, even I to, know. if I were to take <laughs> bets on both right now, in this very moment, I would say I think Dragon Age 4 is going to review better than Starfield. I don't, I'm not saying it's going to be perfect or even great or good, but I think it'll be better than Starfield. Yeah, I'm not going to bet because at this point it's way too unpredictable. And also, no information. But if I, I had to bet, I wouldn't. I think I would bet on... I would want to I would want to bet on Starfield pulling it back. Oof. You know, you mm. know, like having Bethesda be like, all right, guys, we're going to really pull our shit together. I don't know if Bioware can do that. Bioware has messed up a ton with their last couple of releases. So, but that's is only okay. Well, okay. And you know what? I, don't, I eat my words. I don't know anymore. Man, I don't know. Cause Bioware, I think I could, I, I see them having that moment of clarity where they're like, okay, guys, whatever we've been doing is not working. Let's go back to the drawing board. But with Bethesda, I feel like all they do is, okay, guys, how can we build a new game around the same engine we've been using since Morrowind? <sighs> yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Hey, but Morrowind was good, right? <laughs> I mean, it was good. It's not good now. Like, if they released Morrowind as a brand new Ooh, game wait. now. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it's, it's still a good game. It didn't age the best. Screw you. Yeah. yeah. This is my favorite Elder Scrolls game. Don't get me wrong. But like, have you have you played it recently? The combat is like, whew. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but everything else, though, beautiful. Just yeah. like you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. Psych. Got him. Uh. <laughs> I think that brings this show to a close. Austin, anything you want to leave the folks with? Yeah, just, um, I guess, congrats to Luke, our new video editor. Check out some videos on our YouTube channel and stay cool. Brennan? I'm going to leave everyone with some uh, words words of advice. Um, getting old beats the alternative. Getting young? No dying. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. See, I've always tried getting young. How? Oh my god. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, whatever, all that stuff. Um, but I say let's let's bring this episode to its end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Project Rusty. We will be back next Tuesday with another episode. 
And until then, see ya. See ya.